0: Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Come on, Axios Church, let's give it up for Jesus today. Come on, we can do it louder than that. Hey! As you are seated, say hi to the person to your left and your right. If you came with that person to your left and your right, talk to the other person to your left and your right. Talk to somebody new. Amen. Amen. Woo! Isn't God good? Good. Man, you you got me going there for a little bit. Give it up for this worship team. Amen. If this is your first time here, my name is Eric. I get to be the they, they let me be the lead pastor here at Axios Church. It is an honor for you to be here. Um, it, it's, it's, God is moving in this place. If you're looking for a home church, welcome home. Welcome home. We, we, we've been waiting for you. We've been praying for you. And uh, we, we truly believe that God is working in this place. If you've noticed around our nation, as we were talking about, man, revivals revival is breaking out different college campuses, different institutions man God God's hand is on different areas of our nation. And do you understand that sometimes even in the worst or the most chaotic times um, I don't know about you but eggs are like 82 dollars and 47 cents you know what I'm talking about like so uh, even in the most chaotic moments God can still move And we believe that revival fire is not only coming around our nation, it's coming here. It's coming here, and we gotta, you know the revival starts with you? Yeah. Revival starts with you. So we're believing God is moving in our nation and in this place, and um, I truly believe God is amazing. Thank you for letting me be dad last week. Um, we we had, uh, we were at a uh, golf, we were at a soccer tournament with our boys, and it was a little rough. It was a little rough, and um, but they won one game, but, um, we, I missed most of their tournaments this, this year because it was kind of on Sunday. And uh, I want to shout out to, you know, you know you got to have a village. You got to have village when you're growing. Shout out my, my, my rides for my son, Shondell, Carlos, and Eric for taking Elijah this, this season. But uh, I wanted to be dad this week. So thank you for granting me and Jess that opportunity to be um, with our son. But I heard Ryan killed it last week. Pastor Ryan did an amazing job. Come on, give it up for Pastor Ryan. I hope you've been enjoying this series called Influence. We believe that influence is super important. Influence is important not for just the people and the environments around us, but for our life as well. We all have influence. If you want it or not, people attract to us because there's some kind of influence in our life, and the, and the reality is, if we don't understand how that influence works or how we have to operate in the influence, that influence can not only mess up your life, but lives around because your life matters. If somebody hasn't told you that today, your life matters. And their influence attached to your life that God has granted each and every one of us, it's our responsibility to hold that influence majorly tight at times to protect that influence because we only got one. And you understand that sometimes, you know, you can build a whole lifetime of influence and lose it in a moment. Something's what you said, or uh, something that you've fall, fallen into. We have to protect the influence that God has given us. And as the couple, uh, the the past couple of weeks, we the week number one, we we learned what is influence, and then we went a little bit practical for the past two weeks um, of some things that influence us and can influence our culture. And we talked about friends, how friends can influence for good or for bad. I, we talked about some media and surrounding things that that the voices and Around us, and today we're gonna button all that up. And I want to have the title for today of our influence series, idols or influence. Idols or influence. I promise I will bring it all together. But in the Bible, there were these things called idols that were that, that that they built in these towns, and usually an idol was built when When people were dealing with situations, either they didn't want to deal with it or they wanted to brush it under the rug and they wanted the easy way out of it, they usually will put an idol up to worship. Instead of worshiping the one true God, they would build their own gods with their own materials and put it as an idol. And you see time and time again that the Bible talks about that God will tear down these idols and so because he wanted people to worship him in spirit and in truth, see in the the early two thousands, there was an idol raised up in America. It's called American Idol. You know what I'm talking about? American Idol. I remember the first American Idol, uh, Kelly Clarkson. She's still going. She's still going. And because uh, we, there's a show around. People coming to 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 sing for this competition, and the winner was going to be the American Idol. Man, we went through Ryan Seacrest's uh, his midlife crisis from, you know, from hair going all crazy to hair being all smooth. It's an American Idol. You can know right now because you're an American. You know Kelly Clarkson right away was the first American Idol. Because in, a, in our culture, we, we put idols on certain things that if they're not aligned with the word of God, it can be very toxic at times. Sometimes we idolize celebrities. Sometimes we idolize money. We idolize um, movements. We idolize political figures. Idols, they even though they might seem, look different from Bible times, the concept is still the same. Something that we bring up in our lives or surround our lives around that doesn't align with God's will in our life. So now that we have to understand that influence is important and what we have as influence, God has granted us. And now that we can build these idols in our life that that hinders our influence. Do you understand that idols that are raised up in your life can hinder your influence? Because now, that you have these things that are blocking your true, genuine self. You have these things. Now, every decision you make, everything you do revolves around your idol, revolves around the thing that you are dealing with. Can I implore you today that if we are looking for true influence, if we're trying to model our influence, our, our genuine self, around a model, a figure, I would tell you to probably model your influence around Jesus. Maybe he's a good starting point (laughs) because sometimes we look at other things and we look at other people and things on social media and we idolize these things. But can I tell you that maybe you need to start at the beginning, which is him. Jesus is the biblical influence we need to model our lives around. when people were saying hey an eye for an eye Jesus was saying turn the other cheek And they were like well this guy's weird. When others say kill your enemy he says I i set a table before you in the presence of your enemy. What? Well when, when, when he says hey uh, I, I seem so far away but he says he's closer than a brother. When Jesus didn't live a life of influence, of self-indulgence, he lived a selfless life and a revolutionary life as well. And by that influence that he has and that we need to model our life by, revival followed him. Uh, Cultures were shifted. Lives were transformed. Hope was found and love was restored because Jesus did things a little different. Jesus spoke a little different. Jesus wasn't confused what he stood for. He was unwavering in the message that he was presenting. And that's the stability that we need in our life to model our life around. When the, like, the, like the song said, when everything is in chaos, there needs to be some stability in our life. And can I, t- can I tell you that the stability in your life is Jesus? It says he's the same yesterday Today and forever, he never changes. So that's something that I can build on. I can't build my life on the government. I can't build my life on my 401k because that thing goes up and down and mostly down lately. (laughs) I can't build my life around things that are not stable. See, there's a part in our life where we have to understand that there's faith and there's fear. And most of the time, when we raise up idols in our life, the the root of it is fear. Because we are out of control. We don't know what tomorrow brings. So instead of just trusting God fully, even in the midst of it seems impossible, we raise up things in our life because in reality, if we really think about it, we don't trust Jesus because we can't see him. That's what they did in the Bible. We can't trust God because he's not in our minds. It's not this physical thing. So I can raise up something that I can control. I can touch. I can I can I can see it with my own eyes. But that's not faith. Faith is the thing that's going to get us farther in life than these, these things that are just unstable. How do I know? There is a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And back in those days, the, a very insecure king said, hey, I don't want people being worshiping anybody else but me. So what did he do? He rose up an idol. I think Miss Stacy said this the other day in our small groups. How crazy it is that they rose, they, they built an idol with the same material, like their materials, and then they made it holy. Like it's it's wood that I had in my shed. <laughs> it, it, it's bronze that I, I stole from the store, and I put it all together, and I'm like, oh, I'm worshiping it. It's easiest, it's easier to worship that because you were in control and worshiping a God that said, hey, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Idols can be rose in our life when we are not having, and we're not even patient in our life. I love this story about the the story of the the, the Israelites, they came out of Egypt, finally came out of Egypt. Moses is is taking them out. They went through the the, the Red Sea already. And then God tells Moses to go on top of a mountain and he's gonna give him the 10 commandments. He was going to, you know, show the glory of God. I mean, the, the mountain was shining. It was crazy. He said, leave the Israelite people at the bottom of the mountain. Moses, I want you to go up. I'm going to give you the instructions of how I want my people to live, to, to grow in this new, this new world that they're coming in. They're coming out of slavery, not into freedom. So God tells Moses to go up. Moses has this major experience with God. And then the people on the ground became impatient. It was a couple days that, that, that God was, was, was telling all these things to, to Moses, and they go to Aaron and say, Aaron, hey, Moses has been a little bit of time. He might be a little dead. We need to raise up our own God so we can worship something. So they built this calf, and they started worshiping it. This is the people. That God just took like, they had like plagues after plagues and God shown his power. The Red Sea was split and they couldn't even wait a little bit for God to give them instructions while everything was on fire on the mountain. They're like, oh, that's not good enough. Let's build a cow. And they started worshiping. And here comes Moses down the mountain. My man's glowing. I mean, he's like, I just touched the throne of God. I mean, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm, I mean, he's there. And he comes down and he sees his cousins, great aunts, his mama's daddy, his great daddy, uncle, and they're, they're like, they're worshiping a cow. And he gets mad. And he goes to Aaron and he says, hey, hey, um, you're supposed to be the priests of the temple. And he says, hey, they forced me into it. <laughs> because when you raise up things, that are not supposed to be of God, it might work for a little bit, but it won't sustain you. We raise up idols in our life. Idols are unthought, selfish, unpredictable things that we put up in our lives that usually representation of a hurt, a pain, or unforgiveness that we don't want to deal with. So instead of dealing with it, being patient, We manufacture something and we're wondering why our life is in chaos, because we built up idols. So there's multiple things I can talk about, of things that we raise up in our life, but I wanna talk about three things that we all deal with. We all deal with that in reality, it can be good. These things we're gonna talk about are good in the context of God, but in the context of man, it can be very much an idol that we don't even know we're dealing with, but is sucking the life out of you. Here's here's the first one, an idol, we raise up idols of comfort. We make it all nice, shine it up, because we all want to be comfortable in life, right? I ain't talking about a blanket kind of comfortable, okay? Because those things are good. We make every decision out of the concept: is this gonna make me the most comfortable in life? Is this gonna is this gonna is this gonna make me the most comfortable? So then I don't have to do much more than what I want to do now. We raise this thing of comfort in our life. And listen, comfort's good. I'm not saying to try to intentionally live your life in chaos. But what I'm telling you is, if you read the word of God, it wasn't comfortable all the time. Let's talk about the disciples. Hey, leave all your family and follow me. I don't know about you, but that's not a vacation I want to go on to leave everything i know to leave the comfort of the things i grew up with to leave the mindsets that that i grew up with uh, you mean i have to deal with it to 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 not live in that generational curse that's been plaguing my family you you saying there there's a way out but i'm too comfortable with it and we rose up an idol in our life and we revolve every decision out of what's gonna make me the most comfortable and is, in, and is messing up the influence that you have in your life. I'm sorry, I, I took a week off and this is probably too much for everyone, right? But I want us to be real with ourselves. Comfort is good, but in the context of God, that means it's security in him. But comfort in what you want at times, it's not gonna be the best thing. See, we we mass comfort with these new age words like, I'm protecting my vibe. (laughs) My vibe needs to be protected. How about this? I'm protecting my peace. I'm setting my boundaries. I'm self-caring myself. What are you talking about? but those things in context can be fine. But if it's masking something that you don't want to deal with or face, you're being too comfortable. And it's not going to be beneficial in your life. In the wrong context, it can be damaging in your life. The enemy wants us to to not be culture shifters. So he brings comfort in our life and he tells us lies like isolation, isolate yourself so you can have your peace. When God has called us to live in community and do life together, the 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 enemy, because of a, the sense of comfort, he says, he tells a generation, he tells all of us, your phone is your safe place. And it's too practical. I, I, I'm, I'm faulting this. My eyes wake up and I'm like, where's my phone? It's, it's, it's your safe place. But if, if that's an idol in your life, if that's taking too much time in your life, you're too comfortable, maybe you have to take a little bit of step to get away. That's why fasting is not the sexy thing. Nobody wants to fast. I fast only to lose weight, and it doesn't work. <laughs> I tried. You know why fasting isn't, isn't a, a thing that people like to do? Because it's uncomfortable. But you know what fasting does to you? It strips you aside and puts him in your life. See, that sometimes, you know, we need to get a little bit uncomfortable for God to move in our lives. How about the one day um, Jesus goes to the disciples. He just gathered all of them and said, hey, um, you're going to be my disciples. And then out of nowhere, he says, you know, Jesus was doing all these miracles. They were watching Jesus do all the miracles. They were amazed at what he was doing. And then one day Jesus comes into the picture and says, hey, all these miracles, I want you to go from town to town and you do them. I want you to go to the Jews. I want you to go to the Gentiles and perform these miracles that I will give you the power to do. Jesus, I'm okay with watching. You know, like, you're doing a great job. You you, you keep on going, I'll, I'll support you. But he says, No, I want you to do it. Not only to the Jews, but he sends some to the Gentiles. This new gospel going to people that were a little reckless that usually would hate the Jews. And he said, hey, why don't you take a little vacation and do some miracles in Samaria, in all these towns. Do you think that was comfortable? But that's the beginning of the spreading of the good news of Jesus Christ. See, sometimes life, it, it, it can be uncomfortable, but maybe uncomfort is not a bad thing. Maybe it's 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 drawing you back to what God wants you to do. How about this in Psalms chapter 23, <clears throat> verse 24? It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, oh, this is a great time right here. Valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Wow. That's a great verse. Yeah, your rod and staff come for me. You know what a rod did? You have been if you know Puerto Rican families, all right? A rod, you're getting a butt kicking. The staff was to direct the sheep, to discipline the sheep. So he's saying, hey, uh, this is what I want. This is what's going to be your comfort. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, great. I will fear no evil. I'm, I'm there with you. For you are with me. Bam, right there. See, it doesn't matter what comes in your way. He's still with you. He is your comfort. When God is in your life, comfort is a plus because I know who's directing my life. I know who's in control. So I can take rest in the Lord and not in the things that this world has for me. Yes, I might need to to operate in some comfort areas, but then I need to be uncomfortable to get back to Jesus. Step out of my feelings, step into faith, and it's gonna influence, it's gonna, uh, it, it will influence my influence to do more for Christ. What's another idol that we, we raise up in our life? Number number two, this one's big. This, this one I don't wanna show you because I deal with this all the time. Affirmation. Whenever, if you, If you want to be praised all the time, be careful when they criticize you. Because then you start crumbling down real quick. Don't be so worried about the praise. Because they going to criticize as well. Because Jesus was loved and hated. (laughs) Loved and hated. But in context, a good compliment is good. In context uh, of that-a-boy, good job is good. An encouraging word is good. But out of context of you trying to seek that at all times, it can become an idol in your life. I'm the failure at this. And Jess will tell you, don't say anything. I love the affirmation. Affirmation me up. Yes, pastor. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. But when I seek praises more than I seek the presence of God, my life's out of whack. And I was there a couple times. Because it's easy to get on a stage to preach a word, and everybody's looking at you, and you're like, man, I'm the guy. I'm the one. I make the final decision. I'm the, I'm the man of this house. Man, don't say that ever. But can I be honest? If pride don't set in, if pride sets in, I can be like that at times. You have to respect me because I pay your paycheck. <laughs> you have to respect me because God said that the man is the how, is the man of that. What? Take your pride down. It's not about you. Even though it's good to be praised, the praise needs to go back to God. There's too many people in, in, in positions like me that looking for the praise, and then when criticism comes, it crumbles down. Because you are built your life on praise and not principles. If you are waiting for that boss to give you the affirmation you need, you would be waiting a long time and you'll be stuck. If you're waiting for that relationship to validate all your feelings and all that stuff, you're gonna be waiting a long time and you're gonna be stuck. Because if you're just waiting on the praise, you're never moving in your life. Because praise comes and praise goes. See, Jesus will come, go to one town and be praised. And the other town, he's being hated. But it never changed the, the never, with praise or without praise, it never changed the character and values of Jesus. Let me say that again, because that, that, you need to hear this. When he was praised, he was the same. When he was ridiculed and criticized, he was the same. It never changed his character. So when I'm praying, when, when, when people praise, what's the, it's all glory to God. When they criticize me, guess what? It's all glory to God. Does it hurt? Come on, man. You know it hurts. But you can look at it two ways. I can look at it as, oh, they hate me? Or I can look at it as, hey, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going this way. But when you start dabbling in it and start talking the little thing called little gossip, 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 when they praise you, You love it. When they criticize you, then you become a part of it and you start gossiping, you start doing all these things and guess what? Your character changes. Because you can rise on the praise but fall on the criticism. Because if you build an idol of just wanting to be affirmed all the time, it, 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 it can come crumbling down real quick. How about this? Peter walking on water. We all know this, right? If you haven't watched The Chosen, watch that episode. I was <laughs> crying all day. <laughs> what if Jesus, what if Peter listened to the affirmation of the people in the boat? Because the people in the boat were like, Peter, don't go. Do not do it. It's water. You can't stand on that thing. What are you doing? Like, listen to the criticism. What if what if he listened to the criticism? He would never slip out of the boat. But he listened to a voice of Jesus and he did something impossible. See, be careful the voices that you have in your in your, your life. See, Peter listening to don't do it, you can't. Some criticism can stop him. But sometimes even listening too much praise can stop you as well. But when you listen to Jesus, when you're following his leading, it doesn't matter if they're praising. Doesn't matter if they're criticizing. My attention and my in he, my hearing is on what he wants in my life, and when that happens, then I can do something impossible. It's the affirmation I need for the life that I'm living. How about this? Galatians chapter one verse ten says, "For I am now uh, for I am now seeking the uh, for for I am now seeking the approval of man or of God." Or I'm trying to please man. If we're still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 says, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. Our influence can be affected." by what praise and what criticism that we take in our life. But when our life is directed by the praise and the comfort of the Holy Spirit in our life, our life can be a little bit more stable, I believe. What's another thing that an idol that we raise up in our life, and we do it all the time? Security. Security! What, what, what are you talking about? When your 401k, your money and everything is your God, you're going to be crumbling real fast. But we need it. You, you You see, it's okay in context. If we're obedient to the security, the resources that God has given us, it can be used for his glory. But if that's all we can think of, if that's, all, if that's what keeps us up at night all the time and it takes away our peace and our joy because we're only worried about security, it's an idol in your life. It's an idol. And it's, it is messing the influence that you have. Because when God wants you to walk freely in influence and, and helping others, you can't because you're worried about so many other in your mind to keep your life secure. Can I say an amen on that? See, here's the thing. Security is a false expectation when it comes to the biblical definition of influence sometimes. See, we, we raise up this idol. And in the Bible, even though God wants, listen, I'm here to tell you this. God wants great things for your life. He doesn't want to leave you on an island all alone. But when you're secure in the monetary things and not secure in him, your life is out of alignment. See, that's the difference. It's a resource. He is the source. We need to not build our idols on the things that we have. Because here's the thing, that house is nice, but somebody has a bigger house than you. Somebody, that 401k is nice, and yes, you got to contribute to it. I'm not saying, don't go home and take everything, sell everything. I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to tell you is, who's your God? Who's your God? Is your God the one that's the provider, or are you the provider? Because what we do, our jobs and all these things, are resources that we can glorify God with. But our culture has told you to to be so hoarded with the resources that God has given you that you can't operate in the blessing that God has attained for you. There is blessings attached to your faithfulness. Are you boasting in you or are you boasting in him? It's an idol that we raise up in our lives and is a false sense of security. Security is not in the things we have. Security is in him. I am secure that he would never leave me nor forsake me. I might be in the fire right now. I might be, but there's a fourth in the fire with me. I, I I might be in the belly of a whale right now, but I know that one day I'm gonna be spit out because I know he's a God that still heals. He's a God that still provides. I might have a giant in front of me and all I have is a rock and a sling, but I know that in my in my hands, that is nothing. But in God's hand, my security and my, and my victory is in him. Do you see what I'm talking about? They had the things, but God is the one that made the increase. And that's the security that I want in my life. And when I'm secure in him, the affirmation of my life is through him. He comforts me in times when I need him. Then my influence that I have can be free because I'm living in freedom and not in bondage of the things that are trying to raise up in my life. So then I can go to you and say, hey, he's a faithful God. Even though I don't see it right now, I can still say that because my security is in him. When we can be in the middle of it and still tell somebody about Jesus Christ. When you can be in the middle of it and pray for healing for somebody and God still hasn't healed you yet. When, when when you can pray um uh, a provision for somebody's life but you don't know how you're going to pay that bill, how do you do that? Because you're secure in him. You're secure in him. Do we worship the healer? Do we worship the healing or we worship the healer? Do we worship the one that the the provision or do we worship the provider? It's security in him and it affects our influence how do i know the story of job well my man lost everything family possessions and he said nevertheless my security is in the lord and what happened god gave him double double portion god didn't want him to go through it but the reality is he was testing the faith of of job to say hey I got you. And if you read the story of Job, there's multiple times that his friends and all his family is telling him, curse God. But Job's influence didn't change. He said, man, this stinks. But God is still in control. God is still in control. As I close. Influence. Influence is so beneficial for each and every one of our lives. We have to know what influence is. We need to know what influences us because at the end of the day, we have one influence that God has granted us, one life that God has granted us, and we need to use it for the glory of God. So that means when you go into your workplaces, you have influence. When you go to, that ball, to the ball field, you have influence. People are looking to us as followers of Jesus Christ because we know the truth, the the way they're gonna attract to us. How are we using our influence to, to shift the culture around us, to shift the environments around us? Even though these things can be good in our lives, out of the context of God's word, it can be an idol. I'd rather have influence than idols. I'd rather have influence than idols. Yes, I want security. But first you got to have security in him. Give me a compliment. Trust me. It's my love language. But if I care about your praise more than his praise, I'm wrong. Yeah, I want to be comfortable but comfort out of the expense of growth is not comfort. We have to know that these things are going to pop up in our lives, and how we handle it is either gonna be an idol or it's gonna gonna affect our influence. Jesus was the true influencer that impacted the world. Jesus' influence was full of mercy, humility, patience, and love and for us to impact the world we need as the bible says we need to be a city on a hill shining bright that means everywhere you go you better be on your a game because somebody's looking for jesus through you it's our influence that god has given us let's not live for idols let's live for influence that's going to impact the environments around us amen Every head bowed, every eyes closed.